You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Take two, it's the last show of August, uh, for real this time, sort of, kind of. Um, Well, this is the thing, elephant in the room, you might be listening to both of our podcasts, uh, binging them this week, because uh, we're not too sure what happened, but the the podcast did not go out to the podcast network last week, Um, but if you're listening to this episode, it means we fixed it. Uh, and you will have two episodes this week, which is kind of fun, Taylor. Like, yeah. I feel like we're a cool binge. We're, Why not? We're interesting. Why not I binge? Sometimes um, a couple of my friends listen to the show, and uh, sometimes they'll uh, take a break and then binge episodes back to back. And I think, wow, you must really like me in order to do that. But they do, so that's <laughs> friendship. And, you know, I consider our regular listeners also my friends so thank you loyal friends and listeners for binging us (laughs) yes yeah and uh this week uh, you know if you if you are a cfrc listener you probably don't know what we're talking about because we just doesn't matter to Um, you doesn't matter to you at all (laughs) so this is all relevant (laughs) you're just tuning in for another episode um but for those uh podcaster pod sorry podcasters i should say out there um, you um, will get two episodes this week. And they, I don't know, they kind of fit. They're both end of August. I thought last week was the end of August. This is the end of August. So those kind of fit. It works. Yeah, it all flows. It always does. It always works out, Mike, one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So long as you eventually listen, and that's good enough for us. And write in, because we love to hear from you. And yes. we've got some fan questions, as usual. To kick off uh, to kick off this episode, um, I will say because of not knowing what was going on with the podcast, we didn't do a lot of advanced advertising on social media. So often people know what we're talking about this week, so they didn't know, but we still had people write in. So good for you, good for you for writing in, even though you had no idea what we were talking about today. Um, but we're going to review a lot of different things. Uh, Taylor, you saw the Truffle Hunters. Which Not to be a, confused with Pig, which I was we gonna, reviewed a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I was going to say it, but this Nicolas Cage theme keeps going. But I guess he's he's not in this, right? This is no. Not, this is a documentary. Okay, okay this is a documentary. That's what I thought. Um, and then I uh, I decided after being away this weekend and very 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 busy to because I I, I love our fans and I'm so committed. I quickly watched Disney's Jungle Cruise at midnight. Did you watch it at like? Um... 1.2 speed or something i i see on the internet some people do that if they no they don't really like the show or they don't really like the movie but they still want to watch it because i don't know if you can do that on disney disney plus but on netflix you can speed up uh well literally the speed of the whatever you're watching and you can do that I, incrementally i've never done that for anything i haven't done it but i know people yeah. have so no no you did no, not do I, that. No, I sat through the whole movie um, at midnight. Um, you, you know how it's like when you're busy, especially like I, I had a very late meeting um, on the Sunday night that went late. So you know how like after something like you kind of you're already charged up and it's yeah. like, well, I'm not going to sleep for a while anyway. So yeah. I might as well just, you know, get sleepy by watching a movie. Um, so that was kind of, that was kind a, of it's a family movie. So what, it was like, what, an hour? Oh, it hour was like, 20? I think it was, I think it was just 
over an hour and a half, like an hour 45, I think is what it was. Not um, too bad, it, but too yeah. bad for a movie. Well, I mean, yes. And we'll get to my review of it. Uh, yes, but I will say they did a pretty good job pacing-wise. Um, it felt well-paced okay. um, of, of a film. Um, but yes, there were definitely some scenes that is like, why is this still going on? Um, but it's hard. That's the thing, Taylor. It's hard to to review something, I find, when it's really, really meant for a particular audience and you're not that audience. Yeah. Like, it's really meant for kids. It's really meant for, like, parents to be able to take their kids to something and it not be like, you know how some kids' movies are really annoying and, like, parents yeah, and just, Yeah, this is like, supposed to be, like, a true, old-fashioned right. family yes. movie. Like a 90s good for everyone, good good for for everyone, everyone. movie. So it's it's hard because I kind of have to sort of review it in that lens. Because you're not a family, you're just no. I, I was by myself Mike. watching this, trying to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't even like it was just me trying to watch this movie. Is your cat with you movie. at least? Well, I mean, she doesn't. Uh, my cat doesn't like sit with me ever. Um, she's not a lap cat. Yeah, she's not a lap cat. She likes to be. So her thing is, she likes to be held and walked around the room. That's her. That's <laughs> like a real her, baby. Her, yes, exactly. That that's her. That's what she likes. If I'm doing stuff like around the apartment, I'm supposed to hold her and walk her around. She'll purr. She'll do that like she's for amazing. hours. I think but that's she will. She will not sit on my lap. <laughs> Just <laughs> won't. <laughs> no matter what, I won't. She won't princess. sit with me. Yeah, won't sit with me. She'll sit. At, on a chair at the other side of the room if i'm like settled in for a movie but i was laying in bed and normally like that she goes off and chases paper and i don't even know what she was doing right she does her that's her daytime right so yeah she's... exactly yeah does does cat stuff patrols the apartment i don't know, I don't know. So yeah. i've had, i have these massive windows that face the street so she's normally like in that window just peering surveying her territory surveying, yeah <laughs> attacking it i don't know um yeah, so that was my movie watching experience. So we'll we'll get to that. But we have fan questions, um, and th- they're um, I looked through two of the three of them, and they're doozies. They're doozies this week. Yeah, I'm fully prepared to cry. Well, Knowing let's make my friend Katie. She doesn't hold back, so let's make you, you might cry. Hear me so we're cry gonna start on air. <laughs> we're gonna start with Katie uh, <laughs> because let's just like a band aid. Let's just do this. Um, so uh, Katie writes, it's very friendly. Hi, friends. That's the end of the start of the email. So it's, it's lulling you into a false <laughs> sense of, uh, of friendship here. Security. Hi, friends. I'm getting caught up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm getting caught up on my podcast, and I want to provide a bit of feedback on the Marvel episode, which I realized came out over two weeks ago now. Uh, first, totally on board with everything that was said about Black Widow. I love the quiet moments of family time. I laughed. Uh, Florence Pugh sparkled. I cringed a lot at the action sequences, and I had the biggest eye roll when the Sky Fortress was introduced. (laughs) However, I did want to say that I was really disappointed with what they did with Taskmaster. I'm coming at this from a non-fanboy perspective. In the comics, Taskmaster is funny. He's kind of like a Deadpool character, always quipping and just being uh, a total, I can't say that word, um, on air. <laughs> is it, <a> scare? <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and gender swap, but at least let the character talk. I understand the importance to Natasha's arc, but at the end of the movie, I just don't think it paid off. Overall, I liked it, but it's not high on my rewatch list for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair 
for what Katie's saying. And, and a lot of, I, I'm, I'm glad, you know, you're approaching this from that non fanboy perspective. Cause that's where a lot of like the criticism came, like dumb things like don't gender swap the character. How dare you make it a yeah. yeah. I have my popcorn and my Captain America shirt. I say that cause I, I sit in there Captain America shirts when I watch <laughs> Marvel movies. Um, but like what I liked about the change was if you are going to change it, do something interesting and i like the fact that okay they made it that villain's daughter and like her like tortured past and i don't think it's the the end of taskmaster like i don't think this is one of those one-off things where we never hear from the character again so yes i agree i don't think it fully paid off here but i think they set it up to do something with this character later and to me it's more interesting than another quippy person everyone in marvel is funny you can't have everyone make jokes like not everybody can do that. It has to be. You, you can't have everyone be that way. Like we've got too many of them. Like, do you think a, if they reintroduce Taskmaster, like if they bring that character back, it's going to be the same actress, like the same character? Or do you see, think it's I gonna hope be so. One of those things where, because you know, in superhero movies and or just superheroes in general, characters can come back, but it can actually be a different person. Like they're doing that with Captain America, Batman. Like you know, there's been like a a million different Batmans. Yeah. Like, I, th- so- I think Marvel has, has been the one to not do that much. Like they'd like to fulfill an arc. And then if they're going to like have someone kill else someone take off, up the mantle. Kill. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the way they seem to do it. Like they'll bring you back to life as long as they want to kind of keep you around. Like there are certain people we won't see ever again. Like we're, we're not going to see Iron Man and we're not going to see Black Widow anymore, but like Black Widow was meant to set up. So Natasha's sister can kind of take that mantle on um but it's a new character so i i think if they bring taskmaster they won't back, call her black widow and then it- i don't think so like i think she'll have a different name name if okay. they if they ever call her anything um but it's possible like it, like it is possible and and yeah you like you bring up a good point like superhero movies you can do this like you can do this in comic books are they the doing time. that with captain america is that a spoiler <laughs> Well, yes and no. It's not a spoiler, but not because even I know that (laughs) the mantle of Captain America has been handed off to Sam, who was Falcon. Uh, But they I mean, they had a whole TV show to sort of explain that. But he's not he's not Steve Rogers. He's just someone else taking up the mantle. But they're going to call him Captain America, right? Well, I yeah. And they'll call him but they'll call him Sam. I mean, but but you know what I'm trying to explain? Like, yes, like, like Batman isn't always Bruce Wayne. No, a hundred percent. And they could do that. They could do that with any character. They could do that with this one. Um, I don't know. I guess the backlash has been so heavy that maybe they will. But I really hope we get to see more of this character. That's yeah, good. just because I do think it was interesting the change they made. I I actually kind of liked that, and I want to see where they're going to go from here. Okay. Um, there's so that more. was the nice part of the email. <laughs> yes. Now now we get into. To more things and the last paragraph is directed at you because it says so but there's one more sentence here before we get okay. to directed okay. at you but anyway moving on to the series loki was amazing it was perfect i've watched it four times already no one will convince me there are any flaws so we we won't try um, <laughs> it's not up for debate <laughs> no i guess not uh one final thing directed at taylor I have tried to get you to watch Winter Soldier before for the same reasons that Matt listed. <laughs> ease, style, Cold War thriller, Sebastian Stan, and Scar Joe is infinitely better. Infinitely better. 
Um, I also think of the shows uh, you'd like WandaVision simply because it's the old sitcom aesthetic value and the fact that the show is basically a love letter to television. Skip the other series, uh, although, again, Sebastian Stan is hot. Falcon is almost worth it. <laughs> Anyways, big fan. I'm about to listen to the Suicide Squad episode, so who knows? Maybe there's another email coming, and that's from Katie. Oh, Katie's such a little tease. She made it sound like when she was messaging me, it sounded like she was going to, you know, take me to task. That wasn't that bad, Katie. My skin's well, thicker than that. But she's referencing, so... I had said on the show, no one ever gives me good reasons why I should <laughs> yes, watch something. Yeah. And she's saying, hey, I gave you tons of good reasons. And I guess I just have like a, a Marvel block because I don't remember that conversation <laughs> that I had. With you don't Katie, remember this conversation? Other, oh, with than her. Her, okay. other than her saying like, you should watch this. But I don't remember right. her giving me like all of Matt's. You know how Matt gave me like all of the reasons why I should watch. So my apologies, Katie. I just had a, a mental block when it comes to Marvel because I cringe anytime someone tells me to watch Marvel. But uh, that's the second strong case for, I guess, the Winter Soldier movie. Yes, Captain America and the Winter Soldier is okay. is that movie. Um, so that's yeah, Matt and Katie, and that's also because uh, a second vote for WandaVision. Because that's yes. Katie and Tyler Vance yes. also said you would like WandaVision. So there you go. You've got two votes for, for WandaVision as a, as a bingeable show. And you've got two votes and two strong uh, reasons why you should watch uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And is Katie the only one who's liked Loki? Is that the, the uh, Of the people I know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, I don't know if Katie's the only one in the world. But of, of people I know, yes. I mean, I don't... Um, I'm trying to remember if we got any emails from people that week, like I'm trying to, because no, I, I know like, I don't think anyone wrote in. Okay. Like, I didn't think so. Because one way or the other, like, it yeah. Just was like going... I think of, of everyone on the show, Andrew was like the most positive about it was, but was still so, so Matt didn't seem to like it. And I didn't really like it either. What's Tyler's take. That's a good question. I, I don't know. Maybe he wrote it. Like he did he, waited. I'd have to go maybe back. Not. Okay. Tyler, what did you think of Loki? We go. need to see if Katie is alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems like a Tyler, it has a lot of Tyler Vance elements in it, um, but we'll see. Uh, next question here is from uh, Josh, because we'll, we'll do Peter's question last. Um, so Josh says, uh, oh, hey, uh, what is your preferred time of day to watch a movie? Does it change with the type of movie or with the season? Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. Time of day. Josh, I don't recommend midnight. Josh must have not maybe heard our, maybe he missed out on our episode last week because we this kind of came up when we were talking about horror movies. But I don't think he listens season. to the show, Taylor. Oh, that's fair. I like yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. He writes I don't, in questions every week. This is what I think Josh does. I think Josh writes in questions every week, but then makes it seem like he listens to the show because um, he, he's always saw, asking me about it. Yeah, like he saw enough. Yeah, he, he like sees, sees enough, enough of the, <laughs> of the social or media or what? Yeah, exactly. And like gets a gist of what we're talking about and then asks whatever question he feels like he wants to ask. That's what I think. Hey, happens. I'm all for it. Yeah, but <laughs> it's similar because last week for people who are catching up, we did. We it came up when we were talking about horror movies, right? Like you can't really 
horror movies should come out in the fall and you should watch them in the fall. But we didn't really talk about like time of day. I think horror movies, you want to see them evening. You do want to come out of the theater when it's pitch black. It adds to the experience, don't you think? I 100%. There's like, to me, there's nothing like coming out of a theater when it's cooler and when it's like pitch black out and you've got that kind of like fall feeling in the air. There's nothing better to see a horror. Yeah. Like I just, there's always, there seems to be this run of horror movies coming out in June for some reason. And I'm just like, no, give me all the horror movies from September till the end of October. That's what I want. I want every single week to be a new horror movie because that's the time where the the lights start to change. You start to get a lot more darker skies a lot earlier. That that's for me. But in terms of other movies, I don't really want to watch a movie like the first, like first when I wake up, like for me, the perfect time to watch any other genre is like noon onward, but I wouldn't really watch a movie before noon. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've ever done that. Like Like a morning movie. I don't, I don't really watch a movie in the morning. The closest I've come to that is I used to have, uh, when, but like, pre-COVID times where I was going to movies all the time. I would walk, I would do a morning walk because it's about 45 minutes or so to get to Landmark from where I live. And I would do a morning walk to go see like an 1130 noon movie. Um, but that's like right at lunchtime. Yeah. So it's just, your, I'm walking in the morning and it kind of feels like a morning movie. But to me, like that's a good time. Just like I, I would watch something around noon, get, get a movie in from like noon to two because then your whole day is still free but you kind of got that movie experience. Like I do like that. Um, and I've always been a fan of matinees. Like I do like matinees, but again, it's for certain movies. I would, ne- I would not want to see a horror movie at a matinee. No. Um, I want to see something like kind of fun, maybe lighthearted. Something Jungle summery. Cruise as a yeah, matinee. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. Jungle Cruise <laughs> as a matinee movie is a great example of a matinee movie. Yes. Yeah. I'm the same. I am. Um, now that I'm older, the latest I want to go to the theater is like the seven o'clock screening. Right. Um, you know, when I was younger in high school, like we thought nothing of seeing the 11 o'clock, like the last show of the evening. And you'd get out of the theater at like one o'clock in the morning. That is not happening. I am turning 30 in December and I am <laughs> not going to an 11 o'clock movie. But, you know, again, talking about the horror movies, if you go in the fall, even if you go to a seven o'clock movie, if you get out at nine, it is already dark. Right. Right. So definitely. um, Yeah. I'm increasingly liking the matinees. (laughs) Like I went to, I don't know if this is considered a matinee, but I went to a one forty showing on Sunday and that was great. You know, you, you get to see your movie, but then you still have the whole evening to do whatever you want. So yeah. But I like Sunday afternoons for matinees. Definitely. Um, especially during these kind of summer months. Like I think, I think a nice Sunday afternoon. Yeah. But again, there's certain movies just content wise. I just don't think I could get into at certain times. So I do want, like to me, I want to see my heavier dramas, my horror movies in the evening, but something just fun, like a, a action comedy or a comedy. I, I would love to go to a matinee. Yeah. Uh, last question is from Peter, and this is kind of an interesting question. We haven't really talked exactly about this, but kind of talked about it a little bit. So Peter wants to know, sorry if this is a bit of a personal question, but I was just wondering how 
you both handle some criticism that you might get on the show. I'm kind of a new listener and I've noticed that you don't seem to shy away from any topics when you're talking about movies. So I'm just wondering if you've ever had a lot of criticism for bringing up certain topics or talking about certain topics and how you go about handling that in your fan questions. And that's from Peter. So to me, Taylor, there's two different things here because there's like how, what we choose to talk about on air and there's there's like how we handle fan questions. Like those, to me, those are two separate yeah. things. One might inform the other, but you know, if someone ever written, wrote in something that was inappropriate, which is like, wouldn't say it on air, but right? But that's, like, that's never yeah. happened. We've, no, I don't there's think not so. a single, there was one question we didn't read it word for word because we thought it was inappropriate, like inappropriate, but we still addressed the question on air. Yeah, because the read way it, it was word worded, we felt was like was kind of appropriate borderline yeah whereas the content of what was say being said we wanted to address yes. without without giving a voice to the way it was worded yeah so peter's right we uh i don't think we censor anything like we watch what's in the theaters and then we talk about it <laughs> Yeah, and I think we've always taken that approach of whatever is in the theater, whatever being shown, we're going to talk about it. Um, we're obviously not going to use offensive language. We there's no swearing because this is a this is family programming, and we're on a you know public network for CFRC. We've got the podcast. Like we're we're obviously not going to swear. Um, but in terms of content, if it's being talked about in the film, we feel comfortable addressing it and discussing it in context of the movie however the movie addresses it that's what we talk about and we sometimes bring up oh do we think this was handled well or not but for the most part we're here to to judge whether or not we liked a movie or didn't like a movie and some of these content pieces at least for me never affects whether or not i like the movie. i don't care what the movie's about if it's good and well executed i'll respond to it regardless of what the content is so yeah i don't i agree taylor i don't think we've ever felt we had to censor ourselves in talking about something but in terms of handling the criticism, so again, like we'll read whatever anyone writes in. And I would say that, you know, I get more criticism than Mike. And sometimes it doesn't bother me like at all. Like, and then sometimes it does bother me a little bit, like, <laughs> you know, but I think I, I try to remain impartial when on air and then I might you know complain to Dan or like my friends right like <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I, I am human and like I think when anyone it's only natural when a, any person receives criticism that feels unfounded you know sometimes we get some remarks that I think are a little off the off the rocker you know what I mean like I don't think I deserve all the criticism that I get sometimes yeah, I'll air it out with friends and my my husband, but I try to remain pretty impartial on air. Like, you know, what I, would you agree, Mike? Like, I think I take a balanced approach. Definitely. I, I don't think you've ever flown off the handle. You've never gotten mad at people. You've always addressed things when they come up, even at times where you, you don't really need to address things because it's silly or ridiculous. Yeah, like, well, 
you've never, that's the thing. You've never refused to answer anything. You've never refused to talk about anything. And I think that that's good. I don't think like that. I, I always remember the time where two people wrote in and basically said the opposite things. In, in the same week. You. Yes. Right. In the same week where it's like you were both too conservative and also not. And I, I think that those things are, it's like, okay, like there's a perspective thing. It's from this individual's perspective for whatever reason. And it's not really founded in anything. Um, and I, I, you know, you didn't have to address it, but you did. So I think that that, to me, that's good. Yeah. I, I think you've done a great job and you definitely get more criticism uh, than I do, which, you know, again, I'm, I'm happy to field any criticism from anyone. Um, and I think that we both have always said, Hey, we'll answer anything that comes on air, but be respectful about it. You could disagree with us all we want, all you want, but just, be respectful while you do it. And we've never, I don't know if I've ever explicitly addressed this on air, but um, we've talked about it, Mike. I think the fact that I get more criticism does say a little bit about, you know, like the industry we're in that like historically women, like public women who are public facing do get a little bit more slack than men. And that's something that I haven't addressed on air because, you know, I didn't want to get too controversial for some people. Oh, I thought we did talk about this on I air. I think we've only talked about it off air. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> I know we've talked about it. I know you and no, I have talked about it. we have talked about it. About it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think that also is a testament to me being impartial, just like, yeah. you know, taking things as they come. But to Peter's point, yes, you know, it's not always nice getting these comments when I think that I don't always deserve them, but I will continue to answer or comment on every letter we get in unless it's like so obscene, we're not allowed to read it. So of course. Yeah. And I think, and I think, yeah, I think that, <laughs> and it's good, right? Like if, if it's obscene or if it's completely unfair, we won't even give it the time or day, but yeah, I think it's, it's always nice to, to hear what people think. But again, even, you know, I, I know that Katie's your friend, but still, here's Katie disagreeing with things we said, but it's a respectful manner. Yes. No one's calling civil. into question. And Keep it's it very civil. civil. I mean, look at Tyler Vance. We couldn't be more opposite in how we feel about many, many movies. And we've had him on the show because he's civil about it. Right. So I think that if you want to interact with the show, please do so. But but make sure you do it in a respectful manner. And yeah, I think I think the criticism you get is unfair. And is is certainly a testament to something for those individuals. So hopefully they give their head a shake um, and think about that a little bit more. Um, and you know what? You know what, Taylor? I'll just up my controversy game. I'll <laughs> I'll I'll start saying things every episode that that can get some some strong reactions from people, and uh, then we'll we'll kind of uh, we'll even see the happens. score. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but the minute it comes, the minute something comes to my head. I'll put it out but you there. Know what? Like, this is the thing. Like, we could test it maybe, but I think sometimes you do say controversial things, which like you're entitled to to do, but no one ever writes. Like, I don't think it's for lack. I think you and I say controversial things on par with each other. And I think what we should do is both say the same thing, but at two completely like different times weeks. in the episode. Yeah, or alternating <laughs> weeks and see who gets the written in about something and see kind of what happens. Um, <laughs> we'll, yes. we'll sort of see. Um, and I think I think we would get a lot of interesting. Yeah. And, and listen, the one thing I will say is when it comes to like controversial topics and stuff, some of them are interesting. And some of them are worth talking about. And like, I don't think you ever move forward as a society in any topic if you're afraid to speak 
So we sometimes have controversial opinions for some. I don't even call them controversial opinions. Like to me, Taylor, just I don't think opinion. you've exactly. I don't opinion. think you've had a controversial opinion. I think you've had opinions, and I think you've never once in, in and I will defend this to the grave. You've never once said anything on this show that is attacking another person for being who they are. Except You've for never Scar done Joe, but she well, except it. for Scarlett Johansson, but that's different. Okay? <laughs> Scarlett Johansson isn't a human. There you go. There's controversy. Scarlett Johansson is a tree. Okay, an oak tree can act like a tree. Um, but like Army Hammer, who okay. we've gone after a million times, Johnny Depp, and all like those who talk, we don't we don't sit here and and look at our fans and then just start bashing them and saying things about who they are as people, right? We talk about the industry and sometimes, so what all the things we just said there might be controversial. How dare you say that about Scarlett Johansson? Again, all the money protects her, everybody. Like, I think, I think it's fine. This whole Disney thing, I think it's fine. There's my She's going to come out on the other She's side come out, and be All of them okay. are. Disney's still going to be billionaires. ScarJo's still going to be a millionaire. We're still probably going to get other movies where they're, you know, like we you really think we're never going to see Scarlett Johansson in a Disney movie again. That's not going to happen. It's going to happen, everyone. She's going to be in a more another Disney movie because piles of money sells people on doing things. And we may never see Army Hammer again, but he comes from old money, non-Hollywood <laughs> money. So he will, he he truly yeah. will be okay. Do you, I, I know this is kind of a little off topic, but we're talking about control. Do you think we'll ever see Army Hammer again? Because like I I really don't. <laughs> like I don't I don't think we're ever going to see him again. I, I really don't. This might be controversial. I haven't seen him in enough stuff. I don't think he's a good enough actor for him to bounce back from Oh, this. no, that's kind of my point. That, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. That's my point. I'm like, I just don't think, uh, again, as controversial as I say, but that's that's reality. The reality is if someone is talented enough, powerful enough, or well-connected enough, that you're going to probably see them again. Like, that's how Harvey Weinstein existed for so long. Yeah. That's how he got away with everything for so long. But Army Hammer, I just don't think the talent is there. Like, he was, I mean, he could he could have picked a worse time to have this, like, very public sex scandal. Um, because his career was amping up. Like, he was lined up to be in a number of movies. Um And I still have been meaning to see him in Rebecca, the remake of Rebecca, Rebecca that's on Netflix. I, but like I don't know, like he never struck me. I really liked him in Man from Uncle, but aside from that, like couldn't really. I know he's in the Social Network where he plays the twins, but like, was he amazing in that? I don't know. No. I don't. I just don't think he's like. <laughs> unlike you know, like Johnny Depp is like a now is like very divisive. If I'm saying that word right, essentially, like you know, he love him or hate him. He is oh, divisive. Yeah. divisive. Sorry, love him or hate him, he is a talented actor, and For I sure. think he could bounce back because he's, you know, he has the fan base to do it. Does Army Hammer have the fan base? Like, are people clamoring to see Army Hammer in movies? If we polled everyone who listens to Screening Kingston, I bet you half of them wouldn't know who Army Hammer yeah. was. Like, I don't. I really don't think he's he's that popular. No. So I don't think we will see him acting again. Yeah. But to my original point, he's very, very wealthy. So he will be okay. <laughs> you know, he may uh, he may come after us for this. You, know? you think so? Wouldn't that be hilarious? With his, uh, with his, his money. <laughs> you know, there's a part of me, Taylor, that would kind of love that. Like I used to say this 
a long, long time ago before, um, you know, before I grew up that I thought a controversy really helped sell something as well as good press, which it, I mean, it can, it's certainly in terms of like getting, getting name out there. But I would say that would be the funniest thing is if Army Hammer like sued the screening in Kingston podcast, like not that he's listening or ever would, or we'd ever get that big, but it would just be funny because I don't think people would take it very seriously. Like you're telling me you have to go after an independent small podcast in Kingston, Ontario. Like that would just be, but it would be that petty thing that you see happen all the time. Wouldn't it give us such validation? Like we've made it. Oh yeah. We've, we've (laughs) angered someone. (laughs) We've angered Army Hammer. (laughs) Bo Burnham won't respond to us when we want to give him an award because he thinks we're creepy, but Army Hammer, boy, (laughs) he doesn't like things we say about him. Have you heard from Bo's people? Nope. Nuts. Well, my dad's still think, working on the award, so. I think once we have the award and we can take a picture of it and send it as well, I think all that will help. I think if we keep talking about it and we keep poking, we're going to get it's a, a low simmer, like, you know. Yeah, I think, see, this is the thing. I think we can get him to accept the award. He may say nothing and we may never hear from him, but he, I'm sure they'll graciously accept the award. It will end up at some <laughs> agency somewhere and he'll go, what is this thing? get a laugh out of it and that'll be the and end. then put it in the garbage yeah and then throw it in the trash oh, you can throw our award in the trash but take a picture of it in the oh trash. yeah absolutely i i say that we give bo burnham permission to do whatever he wants to our award so long as he has some sort of evidence that he got it. it it was in his yes hands exactly yes 100 percent. i agree with that that's great anyway that was our, that was our uh 10 minutes of controversial talk um tune in next week <laughs> Uh, where we to dis- field all of the complaints. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> next week we'll talk about uh, who should play the next Superman and why people are upset over I don't even know who's up for whatever we'll, we'll make up some names we'll, we'll create some controversies over here um, lots to say um, let's talk movies let's talk about some movies that we saw so do you want to do you want to talk about your first or Jungle Cruise or I can yeah. talk about mine first I had a comedy okay. of errors I um, bought my ticket, I think like Friday maybe, and I didn't go till Sunday. And I thought it was about an hour until I had to leave my house. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I better check. Like for some reason, like I feel like I bought the ticket for Saturday by accident. So like I open up the email from screening the screening room. Yep, I had bought my ticket for Saturday. <laughs> I was like, so I had oh, to no. scramble, like order another ticket. Um, and I had to sit at the very front <laughs> for this documentary. And I'm surprised it was so sold out, but I um they've been having a pretty good run. I saw a, a post, the screening room has said a lot of their their uh, showings have been sold out in the last couple of weeks. So everyone, this is your disclaimer, your warning, your friendly uh, community service announcement. If you want to see a movie at the screening room, make sure you don't wait an hour before the movie to reserve your seat. (laughs) Make sure you don't buy for the day before and then have to scramble to book one hour before. Yes. Yes. You know, Taylor, it's funny. I've done that. I've done exactly that. I bought a ticket on the wrong day. Yeah. It it just happens. Yeah. It it absolutely. And I have to scramble to buy another ticket. Yeah. I've been there. So it all worked out. I did see it. It's an interesting, so it's a documentary about truffle hunters in Italy. So again, 
not to be confused with the Nicolas Cage movie Pig. Um, these truffle hunters actually use dogs, not pigs, to find their oh. truffles. And it takes place in Italy. I'm not exactly sure where in Italy, wherever the truffles are in Italy. That's the documentary. Um, it's not a narrative documentary. Like, there isn't, like, um, like, you are following certain people, but there's, like, no talking head interviews or, like, narration. There's no, you know, no voiceovers. It's all stationary shots. So, like, the camera is set up stationary and then, like, things move in and out of the frame, essentially. And, like, people are talking. Um, and through these sort of, like, vignettes almost, you do, like, kind of string together this narrative about truffles um but in it's not very it's not like a very traditional documentary you know what i mean where there's Mm. like um a story or like an issue or like a person and you know you kind of follow that it's more like a snapshot into the life of truffle hunters in italy interesting Um, so it was very beautifully shot like these stationary shots like the cinematography very beautiful to watch um but like a little bit boring (laughs) that's the thing like it doesn't sound like it would move very well i mean just going off of what i would expect from a traditional documentary like with a story and yeah like i wouldn't say it's not like riveting you're literally just kind of like cap capturing glimpses into the lives so it follows um i think there's like four main truffle hunters and then there's a couple vignettes into like what i can only assume is like a truffle competition again there's no like context they just are showing you these shots so i think it's like they were trying to show you like the different aspects of truffles right so like there's this one person that you're introduced to who I think his job is to judge truffles, but I don't actually know. And like, there's... is it the same group? Like, are you following the same group of people still, or is it just inter- like you're just moving forward and introducing new people all the time? No, like you are like it kind of like the main people you're following are the truffle hunters. And then like cut into the, uh, those vignettes are like, the truffle competition and like there's also they also follow a supplier so kind of like the middleman between the truffle hunters and like whoever's buying the truffles um but like no one's introduced aside from like being interviewed introduced like on screen you know what i mean like you're s- seeing them for the first time but there's no like context if that makes sense like it was do you get like, like yeah. any text going across being like this is this person like no. there's none of that no okay so it was like yeah like it's hard to describe like i don't think i've ever watched a documentary like that before where they're um like normally i like documentaries because they're deep dives into like a specific issue or like a person or like whatever right like so like i'm like oh this is gonna be like a deep dive into truffle hunting and in a way it was but there was no context you know what i mean like I didn't always know who was who or what was what. And um, the most interesting vignettes were definitely the older truffle hunters. There was like one truffle hunter who was 87, another truffle hunter who was 84. 
Um, and then a third truffle hunter who I'm not quite sure how old he was, but like was like young in the fifties or sixties. So like probably in his seventies. And um, so they were the most interesting. And then there was other people who like, I wasn't so much interested in and because I didn't really know like the context, what was going on all the time. I was kind of like, ah, I could take or leave this. And there was a younger truffle hunter who was probably in his fifties who was like, he was just kind of like rude. I don't know. Like I didn't like his attitude. So I didn't like seeing him. (laughs) Whereas like the older guys were like very endearing, you know what I mean? Like, but I think they did that to show like, they were telling story. Like you were able to see like, okay, this is how like the old way of doing things versus the new way of doing things. And like one of the truffle hunters actually refuses to hunt for truffles anymore because he thinks that people are too greedy. So he is just like, he never will truffle hunt again. So like you were like learning about these people. Um, so I would say like, this is a very good, like it's good that I saw it like on a Sunday afternoon, like a very leisurely movie. You know, I wasn't in a rush to go anywhere. <laughs> um, but it definitely isn't like the most riveting thing I've ever watched. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, for- sounds kind of. It does sound kind of different for a documentary. Like, yeah. not quite what I would have expected it to be. Like you're saying. I think execution wise, like, like I said, it was like it's a very beautiful film. The cinematography is very beautiful. Um, but I would have liked maybe a little bit more of a narrative construction. Like maybe it'd be a little bit more traditional. Um, so for that reason, for me, it's a stream it. Like, I think it is, it almost is an airplane it, but I'll give it a stream it. If you have like a lazy afternoon where you're not in a rush and don't mind if the story isn't quick paced, the movie itself is only an hour and 20 minutes. That's the documentary. So it's not too long. If it's a topic you're interested in, I feel like that's perfect, right? Like, there's a perfect kind of length. So if you're interested in learning about the lives of the people who find the truffles that you eat, you may, (laughs) you may, uh, you may find this documentary interesting. So it's a, it's a stream. It's one of those weird ones where it's like, yeah, I even, I was like, Mike, does this ever happen to you when you're watching the movie or the documentary or whatever that you're going to review? And you're like, I don't know what I'm going to say about this. Oh, it happens all the time. You know, <laughs> Probably like, too much to, to that, that I like shouldn't ad- admit that it happens as often as yeah. it does. Um, but it does happen quite a bit. Where yes. I'm just like, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't, it does happen to me a lot too. But it's like, I'm enjoying it, but I'm also kind of bored. And it's not bad, but I don't know. And, and sometimes you can't really even put your finger on exactly what it is. But yeah. it's just, you're not, you're not really that into it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wish, like, it's almost like I wish I was more into it. Yes. But I go, like, I love documentaries. I love a good documentary. I, you know, I often will make an effort to see documentaries that are at the screening room, especially because you may not get the chance to see those documentaries. Um, But one of the reasons why I like documentaries is because I'm going to learn something new. Right? And so, like, I want information in my documentary. And I felt like this was a little light on information like it was almost more like story 
I don't know. <laughs> no, well, I, I, I feel yeah. like you're not asking for much. You no. know, you just want information in your documentary film. So it's not, yeah, you're not like, asking for is, the world. Why, here. like, what is this judging competition for truffles? What's this all right. about? No idea. I could watch a whole other documentary about this, like, inner world of truffle competitions. Because I don't, uh, right. that's interesting, but I didn't learn anything. So anyways, um, for that reason, it's a stream it. Stream it. There you go. Stream it for the truffle hunters. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll talk uh, a, a little bit about Disney Jungle Cruise uh, based on the popular theme ride, because that's the thing they're going to keep doing. It's weird. It's weird. They've done that before. like the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the, the other one, one with the elevator. <laughs> The elevator one? The haunted elevator. Like, I don't know what it's <laughs> Whatever called. that is. Yeah. yeah, whatever that one like, is. Yes, they, they've done this several times now where they've taken a ride and turned it into a movie. Yeah. Um, so. And, then, and there you go. And there you go. And that's really what it is. I mean, this is, you know what this movie reminded me of? And this is mainly in just like the structure of the of the movie and a little bit the plot. The, the original Mummy movie. Um, because it's very similar in terms of you have uh, Emily blunt british lady she's her, great she's always her, great and she nails it again in this movie like just excellent um then you've got like her brother who's like annoying bumbling. Uh, played by bumbling annoying brother played by jack whitehall the comedian um and they have to go somewhere to get something and along the way they team up with the rock who is kind of yeah who kind of <laughs> a stand-in for Brendan Fraser's character. Like, it was very... It reminded me so much of, like, the structure of The Mummy, where I'm like, well, the same, like, basic three characters are here that we're going to follow along in this journey. And, like, that's where a lot of the movie, for me, felt it really hit home that it's for families in the fact that in comparing it to a movie like The Mummy or even Pirates of the Caribbean, it lacked some of that other element so what I mean by that is the mummy, it's like, yes, it's a fun adventure that is good for family, but it has that horror element that's right. enough that makes it kind of scary. Um, yeah. And I thought Pirates of the Caribbean also had an element of not necessarily horror, but like thriller, excitement. Like here's, The stakes here's, are high, right? The stakes are high. Yeah. And Davy that first, Jones locker. Correct. Yes. And like that, that moment of like getting on the ship and whatever his name was and, and, and you're meeting the crew and they're like skeletons, whatever, like it adds and raises the stakes and becomes this kind of big thing. Jungle Cruise never really did that. Like I felt strongly that it was very, very much being like, we've got to be family friendly no matter what. It's not really going to go anywhere. Like even the humor wasn't really that interesting. Like it felt, the mood felt very bland to me is the best way Safe. that I can describe it. Safe. The jokes were very, um, very like punny, lots of puns and lots of like what you call like dad humor, where it's just kind of like, oh, that's kind of a lame joke. But like it, it, it is technically funny, but they're they're really targeting kids with this. Right. Um, and again, this shows the difference between I think kids movies back in like when we were younger were a little smarter the 90s. than this. Yeah, the 90s were smarter and just didn't play down to you as much. And Jungle Cruise definitely felt like at times it was playing down to the audience, which I don't think is necessary. Like, I think you don't give kids enough credit. Um, and at times the movie felt like it just, it wasn't, it wasn't going there. Um, other than that, it was like just a fun adventure 
it was a movie that The Rock and Emily Blunt are a lot of fun in it. They have great chemistry. I was going to say, really they look like the they would have a good time together. They did, and they did. And they it elevates the movie when, when you've got good actors playing the roles well and really committing, and they do that. They, they commit wholeheartedly. This movie just faltered for me in the sense of it, it, it felt a little bit laid back in like not a good way. It wasn't really, yeah, I was taking kind of the safe way out of everything. And there were one too many villains. There's like four villains in this movie. Um, and I, I could have used for like, like take three of those out, have one like antagonist who's kind of the the main crux to kind of defeat or get through. This movie had like four separate Not necessary. Like, villain characters, including this, like, I, I think it, that actor, Jesse Clemens, um, who we brought up a few times. He's been in a couple like more, you'd recognize him like a character actor who's been in a lot of stuff, but does a lot of more obscure films. I think he was in a few movies that we talked about. He, he plays this like U-boat commander who pops up out of the water for like no reason and doesn't just like at the worst times just pops up out of the water and just like attacks them. Um, What's the premise of the movie? Like what exactly are they doing on the jungle cruise? So the idea is that um, Emily Blunt and her, her brother are searching for this sort of, supernatural elementy thing which kind of has a bit of a spoiler attached to it and they're in africa where i mean they're so they're both very british you understand like they're very british people emily blunt's a little bit more of an adventurer but like her brother's like stuck up british man right and they're they're on this kind of journey into africa and they run into the rock who is the only person who can take them down the river like he's the only person who has experience with his one boat and going down the river and can take them from like. So kind of like the African Queen with hum- Humphrey Bogart and yes, <laughs> yeah, it's a mix of that and the Mummy because there are supernatural Got elements it. to this. Like in addition to like there are like animal chases. There's this supernatural element that's kind of in the air and going on at the same time as well. Um, and it's also like it's kind of similar to Jumanji as well. Like they're they're trying to go get something. Um, so. I thought that those elements are fine. We've seen them in successful in other movies. It just was very, eh, like the the plot doesn't matter at one point. Like you're just you're just following these three characters down the river, and then the U-boat guy pops up out of nowhere um, and attacks them. And I, again, like for kids, that would be funny. Like he's he's very silly U-boat man who pops up out of nowhere and like attacks him. I think he calls himself the prince of something. Like, I don't know. I, again, I don't know. Um, but it, it just, it was a little too convoluted um, where it, it started as a simple pres- pr- premise of Emily Blunt and Jack Whitehall have to go into the heart of Africa, go down this river to get something. And that should be simple enough. And then just like obstacles come out, but they kept having to like, it was almost like a video game where you have to defeat bosses in order to get to each thing. And it was very, um, it was, it was very convoluted. It was a very all over the place for that. Um, so all in all, I would give jungle cruise a stream it as well. Like I was also dancing between that airplane and stream it because I could really see like this being just a throwaway airplane movie. Um, what I will say is if we had another category, like watch this as a matinee, we, we could do that. <laughs> like matinee, this matinee it because it's, it's, it's a stream it, but if you don't have 
a family, if you don't have kids, I don't know why you'd watch this movie. Like, it doesn't have enough to ever make me be like, oh, I'm just going to throw on Jungle Cruise, like I would with with The Mummy, or even... Um, even uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Just, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Those movies, to me, have enough that me, at 34, no kids can enjoy it. I love um, The Mummy. That's yeah, it's a like fantastic movie. 10. Yeah. This this is this is perfect though. Like it's a see it if you have if you have a family. If you're looking for something to, to do with like with your kids, you're looking for a movie that doesn't that does talk down a little bit but isn't super annoying. Like I don't think parents will get annoyed watching this movie. Or you know how kids like to watch things over and over again. I don't think it would bother a parent as much as some of the movies out there. So I think that it perfect for families literally perfect for families but for for the purposes of giving it a review i'm going to give it a pretty soft stream it did you have to pay extra to see it oh yeah yeah i had to pay the the disney premium price that's bananas well i mean i was desperate to want to see something i just was like, like this like, oh, I got. this like <laughs> premium access scheme because i see it as a scheme it just like it boggles the mind i just but they have they have us, you know what I mean? Like like this I did it the for first Black time. Widow. I did it for yeah. Black Widow and you I Mulan, right? Mulan. Like, yeah, I did it for Mulan. They yeah. know we have no choice and we want to see these movies. <laughs> yeah, so. that's the thing. Like they know you're gonna do it. Like even we're the least likely people to pay for that premium access to student <laughs> and we keep doing it. Yeah. It's just like, oh okay, jungle cruise. Like keep going back and back and back, and that's why they'll keep doing it. Because as and long as that's people why they're billionaires. It, Exactly. Uh, but yeah, Jungle Cruise for me, soft, soft stream it. But if you, I will say if you are listening and you have kids or you know someone like a family, it's a great family movie um, for that because The Rock and Emily Blunt, they just knock it out of the park. There's so. going to be a sequel I just great. saw. Oh, is there? Okay. Yep. Well, that makes sense. They're going to they're gonna Pirates of the Caribbean. None of the sequels won't even be as good. Like as The Mummy. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Like, like the... The first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, I think, is better than Jungle Cruise. But I think Jungle Cruise is better than every other subsequent Pirates of the when Caribbean. When you put it together in canon, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it's uh, to me, it's Pirates of the Caribbean would be one in terms of, like, based on on, on these properties that, that are rides in a music park. Pirates of the Caribbean 1, Jungle Cruise 2, and then the rest of the Pirates of the Caribbean series is, like, after that. Um, so there you go. Um, before we go... You you mentioned to me off air that you also watched something little special that I really want to get your opinion on in the last couple of minutes. So g- give a quick uh, two three minute review of that uh, that movie. Yes. So for date night, Dan and I watched Con Air. So sorry to whoever wrote in ask saying stop bringing up Nicolas Cage. Well, <laughs> this is another Nicolas Cage movie. It it was. I told this is what I told Dan. It's very corny. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not a good movie. It's goofy. But it's a lot of fun to watch. You know, like, it's definitely a a stream it. You know, you have a couple friends over, whatever, date night. You're just casual. Get Eat some popcorn. It's a fun ride. You know what I mean? Uh, Does it make sense? Not remotely. No, <laughs> not at all. I first saw. Can I? Can I just quickly share, Taylor? I first saw this movie on um on a like trip, high school trip back from I think New York City on the bus. Yes, this is so, very much that kind of movie. 
Yes, it's a busset. <laughs> like it's a great bus yes. movie for like a high school trip back back heading back home. <laughs> yep, busset cottage it. You know, yeah. you bring a couple DVDs to the cottage to oh, go. Oh, definitely Con Air. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one. For um, that, yeah. So yeah, it was like it was fun to watch. Is it uh, uh, an award-winning movie? By no means. There's some very interesting um, choices made in this movie, <laughs> but um, I had fun, and it was definitely a stream it. Yeah, it's it's very it's very funny that we kind of always seem to come back to Nicholas Cage. We don't but try. Conair, he's just so no, it just he's everywhere in the culture. When he's done like a hundred and something movies, like of course we're gonna we're gonna come across him every once in a while. You know that you know? the the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. It really should be the seven mm. degrees of uh, Nicholas Cage. Oh, and to follow up on the last week episode as for the binge, to really complete this binge that people will be doing this week, um, I watched that episode of Community where Abed yeah. takes the class on Nicolas Cage. I have to say, first of all, that is one of the funniest episodes of the later season that I've seen. Um, I think it's absolutely hilarious. And I have to say, one of the characters says something that was very close to something I said on the show about him accidentally winning an Oscar. There's some quote when you're uh, in, in enough there about, movies, you're when you're gonna... in enough movies, you're going to accidentally win an Oscar. I've said almost that you exact did, line. Um, <laughs> and, and they said it in that episode. And I was like, see, it's a thing. <laughs> you can't judge That's, people <laughs> based this, upon the Oscars. This <laughs> Nicholas Cage dialogue is not ours, Mike. We've only inherited no. it. You know, exactly. Asked, yeah. Yeah. What are you Lots do? of other people are having it. And and again, if you talk, if you if it's Nick Cage, we're bound to all say the same things about it. I thought that was very funny, but I just wanted to to throw that in there as I did end up watching that community episode. Hilarious. It kind of got me back on to community. Actually, I started to watch and binge that series. again. That's a good dinner um, time show. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Put on a couple of episodes while you're eating yeah. dinner. Perfect. Um, but anyway, we got, there you go. Hopefully end of the episode and people enjoyed both episodes. Um, and we'll kind of be back next week uh, with something else. We don't know. Uh, it's getting to, it's getting to that another weird time in movies where a lot of things are going to start coming out in the fall, but things have kind of slowed down a bit as you get to the end of August, early, early September. But next time you hear from us, it's going to be September and that's uh, it's exciting and interesting in a lot of ways. So Hopefully, more cool movies to come. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.